stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Detta started us just as I was about to say. She snaps different than I do, and oh. I'm fascinated by that. Oh, you know what's so funny? What? So does Tammy. And she said that too. I went, I don't think I do. And yeah. Yeah. I snap using my middle finger, and you snap using your forefinger. Yeah. And I'm like, there, I, I can't even begin to do that. Tammy, same thing. And I can't do it with my. <laughs> That's so wild. That's so wild. Interesting. Anyway, fun. Welcome, everybody. Hi. <laughs> oh, the things that go through our brain as we start to record. I tell you, the big thing that's going through my brain right now yep. is we just taught the blessings class. It was nice. We have the coolest people in our Patreon. I love them so much. It's true. <laughs> oh, I totally, I totally, it was amazing. They're amazing humans. So thank you. And thanks for everybody who came and all that. I have been missing Riley so badly. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about getting another dog and and I'm interested in doing that for sure. But there's a golden three houses up. Oh. And I know that they work even though they work at home. Some most of the time, not all the time. I was feeling especially down and I went up and I knocked on their door not expecting them to answer, but they did because I had my little paper and I said okay, this might seem weird. We've met before. <laughs> so at least they knew who I was. I said, this may sound weird, but is there any chance you need a free dog walker three days a week? <laughs> and she went, are you an angel who's just sent? We were just talking about the fact that yes, we need, because we're not able during the week to like get him enough exercise. I just got a text with has his new harness and is all very excited to spend time with you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so excited. Look at that cute dog. And he's a golden. That's so cute and good. So I'm really happy about that. (laughs) Punch that microphone. I don't punch it. Anyway. So yeah, that's all the babble I have. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm so glad your face lit up when you got that tech. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yay. I know. So cool. I love having dogs in my life. I know. I know. I mean, cats are great. I love you all. Cats are great. What about you? What's going on with you? Oh, gosh. So many. <laughs> I can't think of any of them. Here's okay. the thing, everybody. Yesterday was very long, and it has sapped all of my mental energy. And if you're the kind of person who races on the freeway, reevaluate your choices. Thank you. I had a panic attack on the freeway because about 15 to 20 Corvettes raced by me on 90, and uh, it really ruined my day. So... I ask all of you, if you're the kind of person that's like, I'm going to go 120 miles an hour on the freeway just because YOLO, it's not YOLO just for you. It's there are other people on the road and reevaluate your choice. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's not so great. Not even a little. But that's, uh, that's why I, I'm like, I got just enough left in me after that class to get real fired up about Medusa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, about the, that's about the bottom of my tank after that. There we go. We, so here's the thing. I care deeply about this topic and have for a really long time. And we've wanted to do this episode for a while. 
And we also have had a couple people who have asked, are you going to do an episode about Medusa? So Mm -hmm. the answer is yes. And here it is. I want to also put a little warning at the top of this. The myth of Medusa and the interpretations of her story come complete with a trigger warning for topics such as rape and victim blaming and and topics surrounding that. So if that is not a thing that you are in a place right now to have space for, maybe perhaps come back to this one when you're feeling a little more available to that. Yeah, uh, that's a really great warning. But because her story yes. is a lot and there's a lot of things and I'm going to do my very best. I mentioned this to Detta also. I'm going to do my very best to come at this in a sort of academic way, in a way that is helpful and informative. But I'm also going to get kind of fired up because the topic makes me very furious. Yeah, and I'm on board with that. (laughs) Totally and completely on board with that. Y'all are going to hear my voice a lot today, so buckle in. Well, do you want to head to the library? I would love to head to the library because I got so much to talk about. Let's get it started. Welcome to the library. We have new patrons and we've actually heard from a couple of them that we get to shout out. Yeah, this week we would love to welcome to the library Roxanne. Hello, Roxanne. Welcome. If you have joined our Patreon, please uh, check your messages. We want to shout you out, but obviously we won't do that without your permission. Mm-mm. So check your messages on there. See if you've got a little howdy-do from us. And I would like to shout out Katie Jane. Thank you for being here. We really, we're excited to have y'all. It's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. We love our patrons so much. You... <sighs> I am starting because guess what, everyone? I know Medusa, but I don't know Medusa. I didn't know Medusa. She's someone who I I liked. And of course, I love the snakes because I'm a big snake fan. Love snakes. I do. I just absolutely love them. And I researched this episode. And yeah, I know exactly why Corey is pissed off. And I, I had some idea. I mean, not completely. But I had some. I knew that, you know, he'd cut her head off. Uh, What's his name? Perseus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we have to say his name? No, I'm kidding. It bothers me immensely that he cuts off her head and then uses her power for his own use. In doing this research, this is what I found. And then I will do, I will pass it on to Corey because she's going to do all the heavy lifting today (laughs) because this is her baby and she knows it all. When I was searching it, I was reminded that for centuries, like many thousands of years, even before Adam and Eve's story popped up, we were taught to hate women. Like everybody in society was taught to hate women, that women are evil, that they should, they should hate themselves, and that men have the right to do anything to women and then punish the women for what they do to them. Because, of course, it was their fault that they did it, that they, you know, broke God's law or whatever like that. And anyway, just all of that. And so it's a good thing that I'm not the one leading the discussion because I am so fired up and I don't know how I haven't gotten into her before. The person who wrote Circe Mm -hmm. is coming out with a book. She just announced this like four days ago Mm. from the day that we're recording and we're recording on 
the no, 20th. November 20th. And so she has a book coming out that's solely Medusa. I love that. Yeah. I at, still need to read Cersei. Yeah. I do too. It's on my list and I've been saying that for a year. And I, I'm really excited to read it. It's gotten great reviews. Yeah. So yeah, but literally four days ago, she announced that she she has approval to talk about the fact that it's being released next year. I love Which that. is really great. Medusa is mentioned in Ovid's Metamorphosis, and Athena also in some of the stories, which again, Corey will tell you more about, punished Medusa for being raped in her temple. And that's what really made me go, God, we, we are, we're taught to hate women. And that, of course, it's all our fault. This self-loathing thing is just so pervasive, and it just really mentally upsets me. And I was just watching Kenobi. And one of the things that they said repeatedly, you know, the best person to hunt a Jedi is another Jedi. And so here we are as women for years, you know, hurting each other and punishing each other. And this story, I think, is really evidence of that. Donald Trump's crew got together and they produced an image that is based on, it's depicted him as, I'm not sure I'm going to say this right, Selenian's heroic Perseus with the defeated screaming head of Hillary Clinton clasped in his hand. And then there's this great, speaking of library, this is from an article that I caught from Prospect Magazine, but there are tons of other resources out there. Of course, Greek mythology, which I did go back and look at, and a couple uh, JSTOR articles that I read. And that's where I'm going to stop. (laughs) because Corey and I talked before we started and she's got, she did it all. I literally get to be here and listen today. I have a lot, a lot of just stored up information as well as stuff I researched again, Mm -hmm. but stuff that I've been... Because you're good like that. Let me tell you, let me just give you my resources. Uh, I am going to talk about some of the stuff that Detta mentioned in a little more detail. Here are my sources. Getty.edu artsandculture.google.com, mythopedia.com, warwick.ac.uk, cbr.com, artsy.net, greekboston.com, theoi.com, two different articles, uh, our long-lost uncle Wikipedia, (laughs) britannica.com, worldhistory.org, metmuseum.org, the book Gods, Men, and Monsters from 1991, which was a very formative book for young Corey, because when Corey was in second grade or third grade, she found it in the library and stole it. Oh, you're kidding. No. I remember reading that book. Also, Met is on my list as well. But So that yeah. book, the cover of it, is burned into my memory forever. Mm. It's orange, and the myth portrayed on the front is Perseus, and he's fighting Medusa. But it's the Medusa that came before the myth that Detta talked about. So, yeah, I'm going to get into that a yeah. lot. And uh, I also wrote on my resources, <laughs> years and years and years of research and absorption and synthesizing the stories. <laughs> because this has been my topic of choice for probably 25 years. I remember you saying that when it first came up. It's like, yeah. that's my... And of course, if you have seen them, and hopefully she, she will be willing to repost them, uh, the first Halloween we reconnected, oh. you made this amazing Medusa costume. I'll and post you it. so good. I'll post it. Why yeah. not? Okay. Buckle in, everybody. 
we're going to start with etymology because we know I love words. So the word gorgon comes from the Greek word gorgos, which means grim or dreadful. Okay. Medusa, in the original sort of oral traditions of the story, was part of the three Gorgon sisters. She's the only mortal one. (gasps) Hey, she's the only mortal one. And her name, Medusa, means guardian or protectress. Now, that's very important when it comes to later things in her myth and how her visage has been used as a form of apotropaic magic throughout not only the myths, but also on buildings and brand names and all kinds of things ever since. And if you don't remember what apotropaic magic is, think like crossing your fingers or throwing salt over your shoulder. It's stuff to ward off bad things. We'll get into more of why her visage is used for that later on. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Let's talk about her family. So, if we're talking about the oral tradition myth of Medusa as monster, she is part of three Gorgon sisters, which are, she's born of uh, Forsyth and Seto, which are two different Chthonic sea gods. They're rad. Medusa is sister to Steno and Uriel. They are the other Gorgons. And then she also has a sister's Grae, uh, Echidna, Asperides, Scylla, Thusa, and then a brother named Ladon. Okay, I've never heard any of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Not even in my research. I love this, Corey. This is so cool. So Medusa and Poseidon, regardless of the myth interpretation, we're not going there yet, have two offspring, Pegasus, yes, the winged horse, and I'm never going to be able to say this right. Chrysaur? It's like C-H-R-Y-S-A-O-R. And it's the last time I'm going to say it. And basically it means he's a giant and he has like a big golden sword. Those children are born of Medusa's blood at her death. Okay. According to the oldest myths, Medusa is a terrible monster. Her myth is pivoted around the battle, the fight that she had with Perseus. Now, I would like to point out that even in these myths, these sisters live on like an island at the edge of the world and sometimes on another plane, which is a little bit where my beef starts because they already lived far away from mankind. So if you go to them, you're the aggressor, you're the threat. Even, even in the Medusa as monster stories, Men, uh, humankind is the threat. Yeah. I want to be very clear. There's a lot of gendered language in this myth. And I'm going to be using the terms women and men. And I want you to know that I mean women, meaning all women. And like, whether that's trans women, non-binary folks, like we're, we're including everyone in this. But there's going to be a lot of gendered language. A note on that is that there is no record anywhere of Medusa's gaze freezing a woman. Oh, that's great. There's none. Of course not. Now, there's not, because there's nothing written like that, there's obviously not a lot of interest around it or, or like, details about it. I think it's very interesting. 
in about the 5th century BCE. That's when the myth starts to change. But I think it's really important to note that while the myth starts to change, many, many myths around Medusa existed simultaneously. But what's the most important to note about that is that her myth always, always, always reflects the attitude towards women at the time. Always. We're going to get back into that even deeper later. There is Medusa as monster. So that's like Homer and some early Aeschylus. But in Homer's Odyssey, actually, she's never mentioned by name. She's portrayed as the Gorgon from the underworld, which is a whole other myth around her that I didn't really get into because it's not as relevant. Aeschylus and Hesiod had created the Medusa as maiden myth. Is that the one where she's really beautiful? She's the only beautiful one of all the Gorgons? We'll get there. Okay. And then Ovid is the one who portrayed Medusa as victim. In the... like 450 BCE, I can't remember which, which author, I think it was Aeschylus, he wrote of Medusa as the fair-cheeked Medusa, which is the first written interpretation of her as beautiful. Hmm. Fair, of course, here, meaning beautiful, not white. The monster myth, very straightforward. Perseus is tasked to go kill a monster to bring back a weapon, which is Medusa's head, to help a king or whatever the hell. The central figure in Medusa's story is Perseus. It is that battle. Okay. When it becomes more the maiden story, you see art depicting Perseus killing Medusa in her sleep. Um, That's kind of a cowardly thing to do. It changes the myth a lot. Yeah. That's very, very important. (laughs) Yeah, it takes away her agency to fight for herself. It 100% does. And it also, though, at the same time, makes Perseus look like a shithead. Yeah, because he is. So it's, but it's confusing in that time for that to be the conceit. That's weird, because men were the hero. So to have him looking not so heroic is weird. You know what that makes me think is that somebody had a guy in high school named Perseus that was really shitty to them, and so they put them in a book as an asshole. It's giving those vibes. And then the differences of nuance in the maiden myths of maiden versus maiden victim is that in some myths, Medusa and Poseidon were lovers, which makes a little sense based on who her parents are. Yeah, I think so. Right? Chthonic gods of the sea. There are myths that show them as lovers who slighted Athena intentionally by debasing her temple. There are other myths where Medusa is a beautiful maiden who is adored by many young men in the town, but is Athena's priestess, so she's not going to date any of them. And then Poseidon takes a fancy to her, and she says no and runs into the temple for Athena's protection. Athena doesn't protect her. She gets raped by Poseidon, and then Athena punishes her for that for desecrating her temple, even though she wasn't there when her priestess called upon her for help. That is a deeply upsetting version of the story. There is another branch interpretation that came off of that, where Athena was otherwise occupied, did not hear her, and came back to find out what had happened, and transformed her as a way to protect her from future incidents. I like that one better. That's a very interesting interpretation. It's really modern. 
like contemporary time modern. I don't know which one I think makes the most sense to me because I'm constantly changing my mind on that because sometimes it feels really good to have my anger pointed at something and the betrayal of Athena is is a really easy endpoint to that. Yeah. But there is a lot of discussion around Athena as betrayer versus Athena as protector. But because that one's so new, so much of the discussion around Athena is the betrayal and the victim blaming of that. Well, that also makes sense because gods were real shitheads in, yeah. in most of the Greek myths. Yeah. They were just horrible. Not all of them, but most of them were really horrible. Because what are human lives, yeah. you know, to gods? Yeah. We're playthings to them in a lot yeah. of these myths. I think the victim blaming to, I'm sure, is the time. It surely reflects yeah. the time. Yeah. It's giving very much, well, what were you wearing? You shouldn't have been in that neighborhood at night. Well, had you had anything to drink? It's definitely giving that. But there's something even more upsetting about the fact that there's something deeply upsetting about this myth in that the thing, the person you've dedicated your life, your spiritual health, everything to was not there when you called for her. There's something very, very visceral about that to me and is one of the reasons I get very fired up about this story. I feel like we need to go back and put also religious trauma as a yes, trigger. Yeah. There probably is, yeah. But let's let's press on. Let's talk about a little bit of Medusa in media. It's gonna it's gonna bring us forward a little bit. So we talk about we talked about the the sort of shift in the myth between the battle between Medusa and Perseus and him killing her in his in her sleep. Which is a rape allegory if I ever heard one. Because he takes her power while she's unconscious and can't fight back. It's very bad. It's very bad. <laughs> that story even is old. Like that version of it even is old. Like which I think old? is like five, like fifth century BC. Oh my god! Like old. Yeah, that's not modern. No. So keep in mind that that shift happened a long time ago, so it's very entrenched in the mythology. So it... Medusa's been in things like God of War, the video game series, where she's definitely more Medusa as monster, except she also does have humongous tits. So there's a sexualization of her as well, which we are going to talk about. Oh, my. Mm. And Mm. then there is she's in Hades, but she's like super cute in Hades. She's like a little floating Gorgon head and she's like so nice and friendly and they're like best friends. It's so cute. Uh, And then there's also, you know, countless other media and and movies and and like Clash of the Titans. And then there's Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson, the movie, Uma Thurman plays Medusa. And they really played up her, like, sensuality and her, she, they gave her this, like, ability to sort of, like, hypnotize people with her snakes. It was, like, a whole thing. And isn't Percy a teenager? Yeah. Okay. Not. It's not in a creepy way. Don't oh, worry. Okay. 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 Just like yeah. He. D- she doesn't get weird with like a kid. That, okay. That'd be terrible. They changed it to a battle again, because you can't have your young adult novel hero killing someone in their sleep. So the myth of Medusa is adapted a lot. Keep that in mind. Hold that in your head. So we talked a little bit about apotropaic magic. When her head was removed, 
it was used for Perseus's mission or whatever, and then it was given to Athena. And Athena wore it on the front of her armor as a way to frighten her enemies. As a result of that bit of the story, Medusa's visage has been used throughout time as a form of apotropaic magic or a way to keep enemies at bay. Because what is scarier than the original Medusa's visage, which is sort of like this scary bearded lizard person with wings and snakes out of her head and tusks like a, you know, whatever, because her and her sisters were monsters. There's something very pure about the monster myth that I like, by the way, but that's for the bonfire. The adaptability of Medusa's story is part of what has kept her story so relevant. Because the thing about her story is that she's always trying to be the center of her own story. And because of that sort of inherent pay attention to me and what I'm saying sort of vibe from her, her story endures really, really well. It depends on who is using it, however. So she has been sort of coined as the face of feminine rage, which I fuck with heavily. I think that that's great. That statue that was made recently of Medusa with Perseus's head is very gratifying to look at. I have not seen that and I would like to. I will find it for you. And I'll put, I'm going to put it on the tiles as well. But she's been a, an icon for the feminist movement through the 90s. I encourage you to look up some, look up the words Medusa and feminism zines. And you're going to find a lot of really cool stuff as well as book recommendations. But at the same time that she's been used by women as a shield and a badge, she's also been used by men to vilify women, especially regarding their sexuality. Rage and sexuality are things that in Western culture and some other cultures, I'm sure, but the one that I'm familiar with is Western culture. Sexuality and rage are things that women are not supposed to have. And because of that, she's made to demonize women. There's also the sort of mythological aspect of it, of her being a hybrid creature. So she's a person, but also like a snake. Other creatures in mythology, women who are hybrid with other animals, are used in a similar way, which is they're alluring and beautiful and enticing, but only so they can hurt you or kill you or do something sinister, right? So Medusa's agency and sexuality makes her dangerous and threatening. I have a lot of feelings about it, obviously. Like I said, though, I'm trying to, I'm trying to save that for the bonfire part of it. Throughout time, her story has been co-opted, has been analyzed, has been altered, adapted. Sigmund Freud got his grubby little hands on it when he was alive, and he chalked up the beheading of Medusa to being a castration allegory and something about the snakes for hair having to do with pubic hair and your mother's genitalia and all kinds of weird shit. Freud was a sexist freak. And I just want to say that 
and he can come for me if he wants oh to. Oh my but. god, he just like I had read something about the phallic <laughs> that like the snakes are the phallic symbol and he's yeah. he he wanted to fuck his mom and he wanted to make it everybody's problem. Anyway, I don't have time. He gets a little note in this because I don't have time for him. She is the earliest sort of example of the femme fatale. We met, I, like I just talked about with the sort of hybrid women. But as a result of that, a lot of women have taken her on as an empowering thing. So like Versace made Medusa the logo of her company. So if you look at a Versace bag or something, the logo is Medusa's face. And it's the beautiful Medusa, the fair-cheeked Medusa. Rihanna recently did a cover where she is buck-ass naked and dressed like Medusa and has slits for eyes and fangs and snakes growing out of her hair. And it is... Even if you don't like women, like in a attracted-to-them kind of way, you're going to be like, damn, that's hot. Oof, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Dada just saw some pictures. So she's used as this almost champion, right? The, over, the overarching theme of Medusa's story is that she, even as she changes through the archaic classical period, the Hellenistic period, and the contemporary times, is that she is a reflection, directly a reflection, of the way the public attitude towards women. She's always fighting to be the center of her story, but there are always going to be people, people who are trying to demonize women by using her visage. Apparently, you can look up almost any powerful woman and the word Medusa, and you're going to see a cartoon of that woman as Medusa. There's one of the queen. There's one of the one that mentioned, Dada mentioned of uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump as Perseus, which is just about the most goddamn ridiculous thing I've ever heard because he's basically the equivalent of the stuff that comes out of your belly button. And her face is always, when it's being used as a negative, it is always put on women who are powerful, who have agency who can enact change, who are trying to get things done. It is, a, it is the exact same effect as calling a woman crazy. It's, it's the pictorial facsimile of that same thing. So that is the history of and the story of Medusa. That is the, believe it or not, too long didn't read version that's like the reader's digest version i re i researched this all week long and distilled it the best that i could i think you might have to offer a class on medusa i don't know if i'm qualified but i would like to yeah or at least a discussion yeah i mean yeah i think you could actually teach quite a bit like i learned a lot of stuff right there that i didn't know and i've feel like and I've read my Greek myths and Joseph Campbell and you know yeah the thing is about her myth is that there are so many versions of it yeah. and that so many of them ran concurrently which is wild 
I am looking at some of the the beautiful images. One for one thing, the Versace image is freaking awesome. It's very pretty. I it's love gold. it. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Hmm. I'm ready to go to the bonfire and have feelings. Let's do it. Okay. All right. All right. Gosh, what's an appropriate beverage or food to have at this particular bonfire? I don't know why I'm thinking of like cinnamon whiskey. I love that. Okay. So we have cinnamon whiskey. We got, we got a fireball. We got caramel apples. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The cocktail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This just pissed me off so much. I like, I think all my first stuff, which by the way, I do actually have resources and I will list them. I have like five and one of them was the Met resource that you came up with. But I just, I found myself just doing what I'm doing right now. (laughs) I can't speak. I'm so fucking furious. Yeah. A really great, a really great avenue, by the way, of researching about Medusa is looking up articles that are Medusa in art. Because like the ancient like vases and discs and things are incredibly telling. It just shows the way her interpretation has changed in a visual way, which is like so helpful. Because Greek myths get so twisted that it's like, wait, who am I talking about now? Which, where am I? <laughs> well, and, and that was the other thing too, is that there are, it all so reminds me of like, like comic books, like X-Men and Heroes, when Heroes was on, about how many different iterations there are and how, or they go back in time and things change. and Alternate universe. Alternate universe kind of stuff. And, and that's what this started to feel like for me when I was finding all of the different myths and what's, and I, I actually, but what's true? is what which, which one is true is such a great question. There was actually this thing I read and I didn't get the details for because it, it wasn't, I couldn't find it like corroborated a lot of places mm-hmm. where the myth of Medusa was actually based on a real life incident that had happened and it was made into a myth. When, well, and you know what? Which is, That's because you know, a lot of from my understanding. And yeah. if you study Joseph Campbell at all, that is a lot of truth. Yeah. I mean, because of course, what do we talk about all the time is that storytelling is the best way to get yeah. our experiences out. It's like the story of the flood. Like yeah. everyone's got one. Yeah. And there was this incident, and I can't even remember the details because it I, I just didn't care to, where someone had been punished because of something or other and then... The whole like frightening visage, turning people to stone thing came out of something else. It was like a whole thing, but it was based very much in like the mundane world. That's something to think about when we ask, well, which one's true? Yeah. Because it started as an oral tradition. We will never know what it sounded like when it started. We'll never know that because it didn't get written down until writing was invented. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's older than that. And I was just reading something I wish I could remember where about it was I was on a a feminist website talking about oh I do remember what it was okay so y'all I've I am going to be the downfall of humanity I've decided I think you're <laughs> no. giving yourself a lot I of credit myself so much credit I've really gotten in, into this AI thing and one of the uh, the platform that I'm on and experimenting with uh, for art AI for art is do these challenges every day and one of them was doctors that was the prompt So I did all this research on women doctors and their history. And gosh, if you want to become infuriated, that's also another way to become infuriated. 
like story after story were women who were not to be trusted that they shouldn't be in the medical field, even though remember how much healing women did when nobody knew anything. And it was there that on this particular website, and I'll find it and put it up. Maybe I'll make it my spark next week about the fact that we don't know so many of these stories because white men were writing them down. But they're out there. And there are a lot of, I mean, not a lot of them, but there are some out there. And I learned about this woman in Edinburgh. It's called uh, the Something Seven. Um, And seven women who petitioned to get into medical school in the early 1900s in at the University of Edinburgh, and they finally went ahead and let them in. They charged them double what they charged them in, and there were protests and everything. And then, then after they paid their money, went through, they took their final exam, and they refused to grant them license. their license, yeah, or or their degrees even. And so a lot of them came to the U.S. and it, it, Sophie is her name. And I'll I'll talk about it next episode. But same thing that how many how long, how long this has been going on. And I started to think, because of how long ago it started, that it came out of, I feel like it must have came come out of trying to take over power that women had as pagan and pagan priestesses. And I think we see that confirmed in a lot of stories if you read between the lines, like especially the Bible, especially because, you know, going from all those gods to one God. And I just and that was a period right before that where women had finally found power in paganism. So I, I'm not speaking very well, like at all. <laughs> She's got a lot of feelings and it's flustering. But uh, I want to talk about Medusa as protectress. Please. So I don't think it's a mistake that her name means guardian. I don't think that's a mistake. And I don't think that it's just because of what her shield can, what her face can do on your shield. Right. Well, and plus, as you said, they didn't come looking for humanity. Humanity came looking for them. Yeah. And I think that. Her name as protectress is one of the reasons, whether people knew that or not at the time, one of the reasons why she's been such a champion for women. Mm-hmm. Because it's in her name. That is her name. Mm-hmm. She'll protect you. She'll guard you. And she's the only one of her sisters who could turn people to stone. And she was the only one of her sisters that was mortal. And... Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I have a lot of a lot of lot of lot of feelings about medusa i was in a play i was in a directing class nope it wasn't the year that i was in the class but it's the directing class you know the directing Mm -hmm. class where you Mm -hmm. have to direct a scene yeah and i had to be athena and it was the version where athena turns her back on medusa and i had such a hard time being athena and had to be had to like access such an ugly part of me but you have to be so careful because you have to be like well why you have to give this person a reason why they did the right thing in your mind in order to play them and i remember that is what really kicked my medusa fixation off again because i had done it a ton growing up and then it kind of like went away for a little while and then that really sort of spurred me on to 
doing more research about her again in a world where the internet existed. And I could like get more far reaching access to stuff. No, that, that makes sense. But she just, the myths that resonate the deepest with me are the ones where she is so badly betrayed. I don't know why, because you kind of want to resonate with the ones where it's like more hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. But the ones that really stick with me, and it's probably because of my lived experience mm. or or what I see. Right. But the the ones that really stick with me are the ones where she's either tricked by Poseidon or betrayed by Athena or she's trying to I read a myth interpretation once where she was trying to run away from Perseus and he chased her down and there is something so relatable about her being like just leave me alone yeah because even in the ones where she's a beautiful maiden she's like leave me alone I'm Athena's priestess I can't date you I can't marry you I can't we can't bone because I'm giving my body is for (laughs) Athena and even those ones where she's in the world and in the city or whatever She's yeah. still saying, leave me alone. Yeah. And the amount of times in my life I have had to say, leave me alone, just let me live, is like, those myths really, really resonate with me. I like to reimagine the myth where she wins. Yeah. That statue is so meaningful to me. I would like to have that story. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what... Um, Gosh, I, I had her name in front of me. I wonder what the author of Circe is going to do with it. I'm interested. I have a sort of rewriting of the myth in my head mm-hmm. where Medusa beats Perseus and then goes after Athena. Because oh. your sisters are supposed to take care of you. They are supposed to take care of you. Your mother is supposed to take care of you. And Athena didn't. It's her fault in a lot of those stories. And I don't know if it's because it's easy to assign fault and makes me feel better to have something to blame. But the it's Athena's fault in the stories that resonate the most with me. And I don't know why. Huh. That's interesting. But it's it's impossible to not be so angry. Yeah. When you do any research about Medusa. So oh, make yeah. sure you're in like a good headspace if you go do that. Yeah. I don't know. I think if I were rewriting it, but I'm into this right now, <laughs> which Tammy finds very funny. But I, I'm trying to write the world I want to see. Yeah. And so I want women to come together. And I'm starting to see a lot more of that in my life, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. Because I absolutely grew up in the time where I heard this a lot. <laughs> well, you know, I don't really have women friends. I don't. Oh. I just find them bitchy and catty. And I get along like, so much better with God. I get along so much yeah, better. Yeah. That's the yeah. catchphrase of internalized misogyny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I said that all the time. Oh, did you too? Oh, yeah. You grew up in that as well. Wow. Because thousands and thousands of you, I'm sure it's in our DNA. Because we're trained to be in competition with one another. Yeah. Whether it's for, you know, jobs or men or whatever. This is not an original idea, by the way. This is, <laughs> I'm parroting yeah. something I agree with, but we're told, not only are we told that we are in competition with each other and we're each other's enemy and we're vying for the same resources, which we're not. Uh, but that men don't like us. Yeah. They can't like us because everything about femininity and femalehood and womanhood 
or any branch of that to which you ascribe is weaker weak and is less than and so how can they possibly like you if everything about you is what they're trained to hate. Well, and how can they possibly not make you an object at their disposal that they can do anything they want with? Yeah. With no repercussions, unless they don't like you and you're just not worth it and exactly. you're not worth, I mean, just, uh, And I want, I want to make, all my buttons. yeah, I want to make so clear too, like we're speaking in the general systemic. Oh yeah. Terms. I have a lot of good men in my life and I have a lot of good cis gender heterosexual men i actually put a call out to them what is in our time this morning so november 20th because of what happened in colorado springs mm-hmm. on the 19th um because you're the ones who can stop just like you're the ones who can stop right yeah by talking to your male friends yeah and stopping locker room talk and stopping objectifying our daughters, our, us, Corey, everybody, you know, they don't have to be your daughter, sister, mother. Just stop objectifying women. Same thing with transgender hate and violence. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have never been raped by a drag queen. Have you? No. Have you heard of any children who have been, you know. Groomed by a drag queen? Yeah. No. 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 But a lot of cis men out there. Do it, but no, they went there because they were going to have a drag queen show on the twentieth, in order to remember the last time somebody went to an LGBTQ event and killed forty nine (laughs) people. It's y'all. If you're our ally, if you're a heterosexual cis man, especially if you're white, but even if you're not, please start saying stuff on your social media to your friends. Just. Please start being mo- more vocal. We need you. We, yeah. And this, because of this kind of bullshit. Yeah. The patriarchy hurts everyone. And yes, I don't it does. mean malehood. I don't mean manhood. I mean the patriarchy. It hurts everyone. Mm-hmm. It hurts everyone. And the fact that Medusa, calling a woman a Medusa, is a way to vilify her and to other her and make her seem unstable or crazy or whatever the fact that that's still happening is indicative of the harm that the patriarchy causes yeah because and it hurts men too it hurts hurts everyone (laughs) it hurts everyone but yeah what i was i don't remember what i was saying about internalized misogyny and like compete competing with women oh yeah we're just we're we're told that you know you have to be a certain way or act a certain way or look a certain way and behave a certain way and don't be too loud and don't be too angry and don't be too scary and don't be too independent and if a woman is any of those things shun her because she's not exemplifying womanhood in the right way and you're in direct competition with her and medusa's great (laughs) because that stuff fades away in the Medusa story. She is a sister and a daughter and often a priestess. And sisterhood, I think, is at the like center of her relationships and story. And so often the things that are done to her take center stage in the story when the story should really be about her 
He should be about her. Yeah. And and protect her. And yeah. I was just going to say, I I pulled up. It's Madeline Miller who wrote Circe. And uh, she has something online already called the Medusa Archives. Awesome. I think my like takeaway is you are not the things that have been done to you. And Medusa, her story is not the things that were done to her. And I think that it's important to look at her and look at her actions and her reactions to things. But she is not her rapist. She is not her betrayer. She is not her murderer. She is a person. And by virtue of just being a person, deserves her story looked at in a critical way. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you two fucking things about Perseus because I don't care about Perseus. I don't either. I don't care about him in this story Um, because he's an example of why it is so difficult for me personally. This is a me thing. I'm not making a general statement for me to feel safe around men. Just based on my lived experience. I'm very fortunate to have a few in my life now that I feel very safe with. That's great. But in general, my trust in and faith in and like safety around men is generally a very hard one. And it's because I refuse to be a collection of the things that have been done to me. And I refuse to accept Medusa's story as a collection of the things that were done to her. And Perseus was a thing that was done to her. And there are a lot of really great interpretations of the story where Perseus was actually being used and he didn't know that she was like a person. She just, he just thought she was supposed to be like some kind of monster and he didn't want to kill her, but Uh. Athena had sicked her after him, sicked him after her and her and Hermes like helped him. So, ah, I I think that making a Perseus a more interesting character is also good and also important. And I'd be interested in a more critical look at his story, but not as it pertains to Medusa necessarily. Yeah. I don't want him anywhere near. Well, no, because <laughs> that always ends bad. But yeah, I could probably talk about Medusa for another hour, but. It's starting to get dark out. It is starting to get dark out, and we should go throw up some spark. I would like that. We're in Sparksville. You go first this time. I am going to stick with my Colorado Springs and send you to Inside Out. They are a youth service program for trans and LGBTQIA to LGBTQIA2+, for youths ages 13 to 24. Is that insideout.com or .org? It is insideoutys.org. So, yeah, so the YS is, it's youth services. So insideoutys.org. Amazing. And... This morning, uh, on the 20th of November, NPR interviewed the mayor, and at the end, the interviewer said, so you've got attention on this right now. What what are you going to do to 
keep that uh, because she was really strong about what an amazing trans community and LGBTQ plus community they have there. Mm-hmm. And, and then I read some other articles that said there have been a lot of trans people who've gone there to create a haven for themselves to, weirdly enough, stay away from the rest of the assholes who want to kill them. Yeah, shocking. You know, like Medusa. <laughs> and, um, and, that, and then she called, she, she said, if you, if you want to help, go to Inside. She, she's the one who said said this and so that I was able to go to it and yeah awesome yeah insideout.org insideoutys.org yeah got it and that's my spark what about you my spark is here for a little levity yay thank goodness sorry about that I found a (laughs) never apologize for Mm. that uh my spark is a company called simply ghoulish what? Simplyghoulish.com. <laughs> They're a little women-owned shop uh, based out of South Carolina. And they I got wind of them because I saw them making soaps on TikTok and they looked like they smelled so good. Mm. But they also do uh, lip glosses, candles, accessories. Mm. Uh, I think I saw some really cute little earrings. But it's very gothy and spooky they have some really cute little serpent earrings that I kind of want to mm. grab. And you should just go check them out and get their yummy soaps. That's cool. Yeah. Their lip glosses come in this like fancy sort of Victorian spooky gothic tube. And it's very good. Yeah. yeah. Ginger wants to wear some. Of course. Yes, yes. Ginger would look great. Ginger's never been on the show before. Hi, Ginger. Yeah. Yeah. So she's saying hey. Well, thank you for this. I talked a lot. I feel tired now. No, yeah. Well, it's time for you to go home. It's I been hope, a long day. I hope you all aren't sick of me yet. I'm not sick of you. <laughs> I doubt they are. Hey, everyone. Until next time. Be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington. 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.